Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Blake Benz Podcast. And I got some bad news for you. This is one of the last episodes of the Blake Benz Podcast. And it's not because we're going out of business. It's not because I'm moving on. It's because we are rebranding the podcast. We are moving on to bigger and better things. We're getting rid of the baggage that comes with that guy named Blake, who is really just holding back the podcast and holding back holding back the business. In all seriousness, man, if you have been following me long term, which I know I got some listeners who've been here since day one, the podcast really I just kind of put it together because I was, you know, wanting to talk about business, entrepreneurship, culture, strategy, all of these things, but I didn't really know what my brand was. I knew I had started this business called Good Advice, and yeah. It's it's since then, what I do for a living really has begun to transcend my own name. And I what I mean by that, it doesn't mean that I'm like booking speaking engagements all over the world. What I mean by it is that I'm really caring more and more about what I do for my customers than anything being branded by my name. And so you'll see here in the next coming weeks what the podcast is moving towards. I believe it's going to be called Good Advice do business better with Blake Benz, but the jury's still out. I'm not totally sure. So either way, be looking out for that. You'll see it coming here in the next couple of weeks. It'll change over. You won't have to to resubscribe. You won't have to change your subscription at all whatsoever, but your search might have to be a little bit different. Now, let's talk a little bit today about Starbucks. If you're not familiar with Starbucks, Starbucks in the early two, uh, man, I don't even know how to describe it. The 2010s, the the teens, the 20 teens. I, I don't even know what you'd refer to it as, but basically in, in 2010, you know, you have Facebook that's really just exploding and Starbucks on top of every other business out there began realizing the power of social media. And I, and I, Man, I remember actually the year was like 2014. I think it was like 2015. Probably, I think it was probably 20, maybe even as early as 2013. And I was meeting up with some friends and this this woman who was hanging out with us, she said, yeah, I just got this job at this marketing agency. And I was like, oh, cool. What are you, what are you doing there? And she goes, oh, I'm going to be a social media manager. And I remember a lot of us kind of chuckling like, wait, you're going you're gonna to be on social media all day? She was like, yeah, like that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to be representing the company. I'm going to be posting on social media. That's not going to be going to be my entire job. And I remember a lot of us thought it was a joke. And obviously people who were much smarter than me realized the power of this. But at the time it was kind of like, really? Like there's like a whole salaried position to post on Facebook? Like that doesn't make sense. Well, as you can guess, over the next few years, you know, you started seeing companies over and over again, hiring social media managers. In fact, developing entire, not just departments for social media, but really entire, you know, building their entire strategy and campaigns around social media to the point where now social media, it's, you can't talk about business strategy without discussing social media. And so today we're going to be talking about a little bit of, of how do you do social media well, but on top of that, how do you avoid wasting money on social media? How can you avoid losing money, wasting time? Because that's really what keeps businesses from jumping on today. It's the amount of time that it takes to actually manage this thing. I mean, I'm at the point now where I'm posting twice a day. And I was talking with the business owner last week or the week before, and he was like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to start posting once a month. 
And I was like, uh, so you're going to post 12 times in a year? And he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's kind of silly. I, well, then I'll maybe post twice a month. And I was like, man, it's that's that's way too low. Like you really have to invest more time in it. And he's like, I don't have, I don't have time. I can't do that. It's there's no the ROA is not significant enough of it. And I get it. It makes sense. You know, we've all kind of felt that. And it's actually probably the number one reasons that social media accounts go on to die is because of a lack of consistency where someone gets really energized. I mean, maybe even thinking about your business. You know, maybe you had a stint where you posted every day for like two weeks. But you didn't make any money on it. You didn't really, um, you know, create any momentum on it. And so eventually you kind of just, it just fell by the wayside, right? And until finally, you know, three or four months go by and then people kind of wonder, did you die? Are you still around? What's happening? So today's episode is a little bit less about like the mechanics of how often you should post, you know, what should that look like, um, even the time of it, of when your post should be. It's it's really less about that. And, and frankly... If, if you're looking to supercharge your social media, I can already tell you that consistency is worth infinitely more than any energy you're going to spend on the time of posting, you know, really any of the minutia that, that, that can really become a trap for your efforts here. You know, my encouragement would be not to get caught up in those small things, but rather to think about, okay, how do I create consistency and then also, how do I create engagement on my posts? You know, it's social media is kind of a void where no one's really paying attention to you. So how do you get noticed in a way where people now start talking to you, start having conversation with you, things like that? So that's the gist of it right off the bat. But that's really not what I want to get into, into today. It's less about the mechanics of social media. And it's actually, today's episode is more about one simple concept. It's called protecting your reach. And when we talk about reach, we're talking about how do you uh, reach effectively. What we're talking about is the number of people that you're reaching. It's the people you're engaging with. It's the people who know your brand, people who are even, you know, moving along the funnel, people who are moving towards being excited over your brand, maybe even becoming a raving fan of your brand. I had someone the other day who was telling me that anytime he posts anything, there's a person who always likes that post and he runs a business and he was looking at this and saying, man, yeah, this person isn't a customer of mine, but for whatever reason, I post all the time and this person just constantly is engaging on the post, always liking it, always sharing it, maybe even commenting on it. And so that's someone who is becoming a raving fan who loves what you do. And when we think about this concept of social media, when we think about protecting your reach, I want you to envision a day where Facebook no longer exists. Let's say that tomorrow Facebook just disappeared. Let's say Instagram disappeared, Snapchat, uh, and let's say all that's left is TikTok. No, I'm just kidding. Let's say let's say all of it goes away tomorrow and there is no more social media. Would your business survive? Let's go a step farther. Let's say that email totally was gone tomorrow. Would your business survive? And, and you're probably thinking like, you know, what are you getting at here? What are, you, what are you talking about? Let me give you an example of what I mean. I mentioned already Starbucks and all these other brands in the early 2010s, or whatever we're calling it, began spending millions and millions of dollars to build their tribe on social media. 
And there's a guy named by the name of Joe Polizzi who did a whole presentation on this. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal presentation on content marketing. But I never knew the source of who really originally kind of made these kinds of insights until just today as I was doing some research. Well, as Joe points out, Starbucks spent millions and millions of dollars to basically to acquire 40 million followers on Facebook. Millions and millions of dollars to get 40 million followers on Facebook. It's a lot of money. Now, you would think with that many followers that you would have no problem being the market leader. You'd have no problem selling your products. You'd have no problem uh, building revenue and building momentum in a way where people love what you do. They love your brand. And yet, here's the crazy thing. Whenever Starbucks makes a post, and let's say they're advertising something, they're talking about, you know, it's National Coffee Day, I, I don't know. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're promoting something. Whenever they make a post, how many of those 40 million do you think see that post? And I don't mean see in the sense of like, they just didn't notice it. I mean like the amount of people who, when they're on their feed, they open up Facebook, what percent do you think have that actual Starbucks ad, post, logo, whatever, that pops up right in front of them at the top of the feed whenever Starbucks has posted it? The answer, according to Joe, is less than 1%. Less than 1%. And it's still a lot because you have 40 million, but less than 1% actually see those posts organically. Because think about it. I mean, Facebook can't show you what everyone's posting, especially if you have thousands of friends. You know, you're, it's only going to show you, you know, 10 or 20 at the top. And especially as you scroll, it's going to show you people that you typically engage with more often than others. And looking at this, it you kind of realize that Starbucks's social media strategy really, really kind of flopped. And the reason it flopped is because they invested in a number of followers that they expected then to be able to reach really, really with an ROI that made sense. You know, I'm, I'm building a tribe of 40 million followers. Surely the majority of these people are going to see my posts. They're going to engage with me. They're going to enjoy what I'm doing. So what happened? Why do only 1% of followers see their post? Well, it's basically Facebook's algorithm. The way that they decide, you know, the mathematical coding that determines what gets on someone's feed and essentially what happened was the algorithm changed. It, it developed further, especially as more and more people got on Facebook. And now, as Joe Polizzi points out, less than 1% of Starbucks followers actually see Starbucks posts. So now what Starbucks has to do is it has to run advertisements, spend more money to try to get more of their followers to actually see uh, the products and the services that they're talking about. And there's an interesting concept in here. It's, it's a concept of understanding this simple question of who has the access to your customers? Who holds the key to the door to reach your customers? And I remember I was at a, um, there's a guy named Randy Wilburn. He has a podcast called the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. It's also got a second podcast. I mean, you know, this guy's full of good information because he has two podcasts. But I heard him speak. I had him come out to a a executive event uh, probably a couple of years ago. I had him as the executive speaker and he was basically talking strategy with these different people who were at this event. And Randy, by the way, his podcast is going to be on uh, the Blakeman's podcast. I actually had him as an interviewee and he's going to be on here in a couple of weeks. So you'll have to check out that episode because he talks a little bit about social media. 
But one thing he said, I mean, he said a lot of stuff that really stood out to me. But one thing he said that was really phenomenal was he said, every single person who is engaging with a potential customer on social media needs to get that customer off social media. And I kind of perked up when he said it because I was like, what do you mean by that? Like, you know, do we need to like convince them that social media is evil? Like, what are you, what are you trying to say really? And he made this very similar point that I'm making today, which was if, if Facebook, if your entire business is on Facebook, I mean, think about how many people who have a business page, think about how many people who don't even have a website, but they direct people to their Facebook page. If Facebook went away tomorrow, how would that business continue to exist? Really, it can't unless it's found a way to engage with customers off of Facebook. And actually, I actually see this happen all the time. I know certain businesses, digital marketing companies, I'm in a couple of different groups myself where people will say, hey, my my business is entirely reliant on Facebook and my account got banned or my business got banned because of, and it's not, it, it's actually, it can happen a lot easier than you think because sometimes a lot of these, the way these bannings happen, it's just automated. It's not because you posted something that's like illegal. It's just sometimes your page gets misread by a bot. It misunderstands what you're saying or what you're selling. And therefore it bans your account. And uh, actually a friend of mine works for an ad agency and even had one of his customers' accounts get banned. And so it, it can just happen. But so imagine that you're running a business page and your page gets banned. You know, what does that mean for your business? You know, let's say you've built 200, 300, 400 followers to that page and they're all local people. How do you reach back out to those people? I mean, did you keep a list somewhere? I mean, do these people, are you, do you even know their email addresses? And that's really the concept. It's understanding that you, you have to understand that you are the one who needs to own the access to your customers. You are the one who needs to own the ability to, it's, you mean, you hold the keys to the door. You know, you're the one who uh, can reach out to them, connect with them, whatever. You don't need another platform to do that. And the same thing's true. And we're talking about Facebook. We can easily make you know, any other social media platform, a perfect example for this. And it's not just, you know, it doesn't mean, oh, I need to go create a website now. Part of that's true. I mean, I'm on, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, I'm getting my YouTube up and running. And, and part of that is diversifying to reach people on different platforms. But, but I also have, I have fans of my business who follow me on, on all of the platforms. Uh, you know, they follow me on Facebook and on LinkedIn. And so if LinkedIn goes down, you know, I still have a means to connect with those people. But so the concept is actually less about, oh, I need to go get, make a website. I need to go start another account. It's, it's, it's less that. What it's more of is taking this, this sea of social media. It's the sea of really commonness where you're just like everybody else. I mean, people are scrolling through the feed and they're seeing what you're doing and they're moving on to the next, next post or what have you, and you're looking for ways to get those people to engage with you one step further so that now that access is dictated by you. Here's what I mean by this. What I'm constantly doing when it comes to uh, social media content is I am, uh, I'll say, hey, you know, if you enjoy this content, you got to get on my newsletter. Hey, I got a newsletter. It goes out every Monday morning, goes straight to your inbox. It's, it's not a sales letter. It's not a buy my stuff letter. It is three really good, strong principles in business that is going to help you. And it goes straight to your inbox. And I don't ask for anything. It's just, hey, here it is. Take it, enjoy it, use it. 
And so now those people who are on that email list, which it's kind of crazy how that email list has grown. I started with around, I think it was 22 people. And it literally was just like, hey, who wants to be on this? I'm doing a newsletter. And people were like, yeah, sure, I'll be on it. So it started with 22 people. It's now grown to 138 local business owners who actually it's not even just local now. Now it's all over the place. But people who are business owners, who are senior managers, who are trying to do business better. And they're opening it and they're engaging with it. And now I have, I have again, one step closer to engage with people where if, if social media died tomorrow, I have a means of connecting with these people. Same thing's true about the podcast. You know, if I meet someone for the first time, it's, hey, you got you to gotta listen to my podcast. Hey, check out this episode of my podcast. You know, I'm looking for ways to redirect people to engage with me further because I'm trying to protect my reach. And here's another, you know, I mentioned Starbucks. Let me give you a really personal example, a really easy example. So part of my prospecting for my business in terms of like developing content and then putting it out there where people are now curious about me, they're curious about my brand and they want to engage with me further. Part of that process is on Facebook. I've joined probably maybe three, four, maybe five different groups, uh, free public groups on Facebook. You know, one is a uh, HR group. Actually, two are HR groups because I do a lot in leadership and management. I do a lot in culture. So I'm in these HR groups. I'm also in an entrepreneurship group, and I'm also in a business, small business owner group. And these groups are all fairly large, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50. Uh, actually, the largest one has 70,000 members in it. And basically what I do in these groups is I just, I, I don't brand my stuff. Like it's not, because that's obnoxious to the business owner or the, excuse me, the group owner. What I do is I literally just give free advice. And and it's and here's another thing about social media, by the way. I'm also not reinventing the wheel. I'm not posting content that's specific to that group. I'm posting the same thing across all of these things. And and Erin Sanchez, which you got to check out her round round two episode, she made such a genius point. You know, she talked about how we're always frustrated that no one's seeing our content, but at the same time, we're worried that, you know, we're, we're, we're posting too much or that too, too many people are bothered by our content. Like, oh man, I'm so bored of seeing this person. Well, so I post the same thing across all five groups and I don't even think about it. I don't even worry about, you know, someone being in that group being like, man, this guy again, don't even think about it because frankly, no one, there's really no crossover happening and people really, they don't care. But so there's one group in particular, it's the uh, small business owner group. It's got 60,000 members in it. And probably about a year ago, I was just posting content regularly and the owner of this group and I was getting some pretty good engagement. I was having people DM me, message me, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, I want to know more about this. And and wasn't again, I wasn't like posting offers. I wasn't posting, hey, buy my stuff. It was something as simple as, you know, uh, maybe one example might be, hey, are you specializing your employees? Are you thinking about what each person is accountable for? Because if you're not, if you're not really thinking about that, that the clarity around someone's job description, what you're expecting from them you may actually be wasting time in your business. You actually may be wasting resources. And you actually, a lot of people, when they think about growing their business, they think they have to hire more people, but there's actually a way you can be more efficient with your people where you can actually keep your team small, but scale up your business. You can get more bang for your buck without overworking people, without you know having to hire more people, without being an awful micromanaging boss. So I might have someone who DMs me and says, you know, hey, I, you know, what do you tell me more about this? Like, I want, and I might say, hey, yeah, check out the podcast on this. You have an episode on this, or hey, check out my newsletter. You know, and so again, I'm already looking for ways to get them off the platform. But 
uh, so basically what happened with this was in the specific situation was I, after maybe a couple of months of this, the owner of the group starts commenting on my post being like, wow, Blake, this is so good. Wow, Blake, this is phenomenal. And the way this group works is whenever you submit a post, the moderator has to approve it, I guess, to keep spam out of the group, right? And so the owner's posting saying, this is so good. I love this. Well, finally, the owner says, Blake, uh, I want you to reach out to me. Here's my email address. Uh, email address. I want to talk because this stuff is awesome. So I email him. Hey, how's it going? What can I do for you? What do you need? And so we basically jump on a call. And he says, uh, Blake, your content's amazing. I would love to get it as part of the official um, content of the group. I'd love to bring you in under our brand. I'd love to put stuff out under what, uh, and basically make it part of my brand. And at the time I was like two or three months in and I was just like, you know, I just don't know about that. I don't really know about uh, promoting your brand. I said, honestly, man, I'm really happy with mine. Probably the best thing to do would be I can just keep posting stuff. I don't I don't reference my business. I don't have any links to my business. There's no hashtags. And that way it just continues to add value to your group where people are like, man, I'm learning something. And it makes you look good because now people are thinking, man, I really like this group. I'm getting actual practical tips. Well, so he doesn't respond. And uh, which I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. And again, this is probably eight or nine months ago. Well, the strange thing that happens is all of a sudden my posts start getting removed. And I'm kind of like, what is what is going on here? Like, this is weird. And a few months go by and really none of my posts are getting through. Probably, you know, if I'm posting daily, maybe one post a month is getting approved. And so I reach out and I'm like, hey, what's going on here? Like, you know, is there something I'm missing? Like, am I violating rules? And I kind of know in the back of my mind that this person feels a little threatened in the sense of I'm building a lot of momentum. I'm building a lot of traction. He's asked me, hey, if you're going to be part of this group, I'd really like you to post under our brand. And and really to the point where I'm kind of just getting frustrated with this. And finally, I'm just like, whatever. It's not worth dealing with. It's not a big deal. Um, well, so bringing all this conversation to a head today, here's what happens. One of the moderators posts some piece of content. I can't remember what it was. And I just commented and added my two cents. Well, the moderator and the owner both were like, Blake, this is such a great insight. Love this. Wow, that's great. And so me, I guess I was feeling saucy today. I guess I was feeling a little spicy. And so I replied with, hey, I love that you loved my post. If you really love my content, maybe you can consider approving one of my posts. And just did like a smiley face, a little, little jab, you know? And, Cause you can also see like what posts have not been approved yet. And I had like five or six posts, which I was like, hey, I've been posting like, come on, seriously. Well, so the owner says, hey, Blake, let's talk. And I go, okay, great, yeah, let's talk. So we get on this call and he basically says, Blake, I'm happy to approve your stuff more regularly. I'm happy to bring you on. And for $1,000 a month, I will let you post consistently. I'll promote it. I'll point people to it and really help you get some traction and momentum. And at first, and this is how like way naive I was. At first I was like, wow, you're going to pay me a thousand bucks a month. This is awesome. But as I was listening, I was kind of like, hang on, this, this doesn't make sense. And I was like, are, are you telling me this is like literally pay to play? Like you're telling me I can't post anymore unless, unless I pay you a thousand dollars a month. And he's like, well, it could be $500 a month. And, you know, it is pay to play because I've, I've built this group. I've made this group, you know, and so I put a lot of my own time. I'm just asking you to give back. I'm just asking you to be grateful and be generous, which, by the way, you know, this whole dialogue around convincing me to buy, to be generous, to be kind, 
it was real sleazy. It was real slimy. And I actually probably needed to send him a link to uh, my LinkedIn article on, you know, the five worst sins of a digital marketer. But so I was so like put off by this and just like, I can't believe you're telling me that I have to pay you to post here that I said, hey, here's what I'll do for you. Because again, I was feeling kind of spicy. So here's what I'll do for you. You pay me, I'll cut you a break. You pay me 500 bucks a month and I will continue to post great content to your page. And he's like, oh, well, I don't have the budget. for. I can't do that. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. And I was like, okay, well, it sounds like we have nothing else left, left to discuss. And so literally in a moment, I really, you know, and I, he hasn't kicked me on the group. I'm not banned or anything, but you know, if, if my business and it's got 60,000 members in it, if my business, if my lead generation was contingent on that single group, then my interaction with him would have tanked my business. And so the, the point of all this, it's less about diversification, although that's part of it. It's more about protecting your reach. Who owns access to your customers? Don't make the mistake of Starbucks. Don't make the mistake of all these other brands who have heavily relied on these platforms to basically maintain their sales. Look for ways to get people to engage with you one step further. It could be a newsletter. It could be a podcast. It could be an article on your website. Hey, check out this article for me. You know, it could be, um, you know, here's something even crazy. Here's something simple. If you don't want to create content around it, it could be something as simple as, Hey, a few times a year, I send out, I send out a, a thank you card or I send out a, you know, I, I don't know, some kind of card. Can I get your mailing list? You know, Hey, I send out a, a free ebook on how to get more sales for your business. It just, it just goes out to a handful of people every quarter. Can I get your mailing list and I'll send it out to you? Can I get your email? So, you know, it doesn't have to be a newsletter, podcast, whatever. That, that's the stuff that I've used. Be creative and innovative and start thinking about now, how do I create those moments of engagement that exist beyond whatever the platform is feeding me? Protect your reach and become the gatekeeper for the people that you're trying to engage with, interact with, and eventually sell to. And again, selling's not, it's not a naughty word. We're not talking superficial. It's just that, you know, if you're going to grow your business, you have to think about ways to actually create trust, to create those moments of interaction, and simply relying on the algorithm of social media or relying on someone else's ego over their group probably isn't going to pay off in the long term. Hey, thanks for checking out the episode. Like I said at the start, we're going to be rebranding here in a couple of weeks. We're going to be moving to the Good Advice podcast, or rather, Good Advice Do Business Better with Blake Benz. Uh, if you have enjoyed this episode, man, if you're a first-time listener, first of all, thank you for checking out the episode. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Feel free to subscribe. You can be on Spotify, iTunes, Android, what have you. If you really like the episode, I'd ask you for a five-star review. And especially if you're a Northwest Arkansas resident, and this podcast has been useful for you, man, I'd love for you to jump on Google My Business, on Google Maps, search Good Advice, Good Advice LLC, search Business Coaching, really any of the, any of the above, and leave us a review on Google. I'd sincerely appreciate it. Thanks so much. I'll catch you next week. See ya.